Hey, 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 one love. How are we doing today? I hope you guys have had a wonderful Wednesday. I do realize that <clears throat> it's coming to a close, but I do hope you guys had a wonderful Wednesday. So guess what? Exciting news. I got so much good and exciting news. <clears throat> Please excuse my throat. I really don't know what's going on with it. Doesn't hurt anything. It's just feel like something bothering it. But anyway, um, so my little brother's baby shower was Saturday. It was so cute. Oh my goodness. Um, for me, it was quite an emotionally challenging day. I didn't cry or anything, but I was just thinking like, man, I feel for my brother. Like I couldn't imagine my first child without my mom. So, you know, I felt like I wanted to do anything I could to let him know I was there for him. And it was so beautiful because my mom loved how we always have each other back. And me and my sister was like rocking, even with the gifts, you know, and we always do that. And I like it. I see it differently now because that's something my mom loved. Like that always made her happy that you know we were stuck together and we used to always tell them well you made us like this like you just how you raised us you know and we always have each other's back and um, another exciting thing about saturday was that it was one of my nephew's birthday and then my son's brother's birthday and it was just it was it was amazing so the other thing about that is that my son told me he's getting baptized on the 13th. He told me that Saturday. I was like, what? No, no, no. He told me that Sunday. I'm sorry. It was Sunday. Um, but let me go back to the baby shower. So my sister and I, that was, I've put on my necklace once. <clears throat> my necklace with the, the urn for my mom and I wasn't able to wear it. But when my sister got her other necklace and she wore hers and it's like we kind of had the mindset that we had to bring mom you know we had to make her a part of it for monte and it was like you know i wanted to at first but i was like mm, i can't handle it i'm like no it's but i felt stronger being that my sister had hers and then that she was with me and we was all together so I, and then, you know, my brother's girlfriend lost her father a few months before my mom passed. So it was like my heart was just with them. And then it was just so daggone cute. Like, it was beautiful. I love how they love each other. And I love how my brother just take care of her and then take care of my little sister as well. She take care of him too. So it's a two-way street. And it made me real happy because I know my mom will be proud. I know she is proud. And that just, you know... It made me very, very happy. When I got home, I just felt tired. Like I was just emotionally just drained. And then with all the other exciting good news in my life. So I've been praising a lot, which is another thing that, you know, can have me drained. So it's just, it's been beautiful. I'm excited about these new changes. My little man coming, my sister's baby is coming, you know, my other little man. And it's like, Whew, I'm excited. I can't wait for my sister's baby shower. And I can't wait to meet both of my nephews. And I just hope that my brother can be there and enjoy for Mari's baptism. But we understand, you know, 
either way it go. So you guys, that was some some good good occurrences since last week when we spoke. And I hope you all have had some good occurrences as well. I mean, I'm really excited. A part of me knows to go ahead and look for the craziness, you know, the down. Although I could consider a lot of things a down. But anyway, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm excited and I'm looking forward to the future. So you guys, let's get into it. Today is Phenomenal People. Phenomenal People. Um, as you all know, this is where we go over some prominent black people, African-Americans, melanated, however you want to call it, <clears throat> people who have contributed something to our society. And being that this is Black History Month, and I did not speak on it at all last week, so it's going to be a, it's a, lot of, a lot of black history in this episode. Um, although I do not believe we should just get a month, but I feel like in this month, we should go overboard. I feel like we should be trying to take in as much information as we can. We should set aside some extra time to study or to learn something or pick up the history or something. Even if you only do it once a month, oh, I'm sorry, one month a year, that's better than none at all. So we got right many things that I want to share. Now remember last month, I think, yeah, last month for Phenomenal People, I only had the woman. Now we got the woman and two guys made up for for that one, huh? Um, we're gonna go over them, and then just I just want to share some of the history again, Black History Month. So I'm fascinated with Petersburg, so, so I want to share some of that history as well. So we're gonna hop right into it. Now our phenomenal person for today, ladies first is Mother Queen Monroe. Mother Queen Monroe was a revolutionary and organizer. She was born in 1898 and she hadn't passed at the time that this book was published. So what I'm gonna do real quick is see if She's still, I, I don't think she would be, but. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say Monroe? I'm tripping. Mother Queen Moore. So she passed in 1997. Mother Queen Moore. I have no idea where I got Monroe from, but it's not. It's Mother Queen Moore. <clears throat> she was born July 27th. 1898 she passed away May 2nd 1997 and she was born Ald Aldly Moore hmm Mother Queen Audley Mother Queen Moore insisted I have done you know what I'm gonna have to look into where that name came from um oh I wish I would have read that first all right so <clears throat> Queen Mother, Queen Mother Moore. I'm all off, y'all. Queen Mother Moore. Her quote is, my bones are tired, not tired of struggling, but tired of oppression. Mm, that says a lot. As a child, Audley Moore 
learned about the oppression of African-Americans from the tragic things that happened to her own family. Her great-grandmother, an African, an African woman who was enslaved, had been raped by her master. Audley's grandfather was lynched right in front of her grandmother, leaving her with five children. These events motivated Audley to devote her life to fighting racism. Although Audley was only able to complete the third grade, she was very interested in any activity that promoted unity among Black people. In the early 1920s, she became a member of Marcus Garvey's Universal Negro Improvement Association, Association and sponsored his Back to Africa movement. When Garvey himself came to New Orleans, but was not permitted to speak in public, Audley and 3,500 armed blacks marched to City Hall and demanded that he be allowed to speak. But Audley didn't just join groups, she formed groups. She became well known in Louisiana as a community leader and organizer. Among the many organizations she founded was the Universal Association of Ethiopian Women, Incorporated. The activities of, of this group restored 2,300 families with the welfare roles and saved several African-American men from execution in Louisiana. Audley always hated the term Negro to label people of African descent. She felt that the word African should be used to describe her people. So she founded the African-American Cultural Foundation called Inc., which led to fight against the word Negro. She also organized groups to assist in the defense of the Scottsboro Boys. These nine, <clears throat> excuse me, these nine black youths have been wrongly accused of raping two white girls in the 1930s. Even when Audley later moved to Harlem, she stayed involved in civil rights causes. In 1930, she organized the first rent strikes there. Oh, I'm sorry, the first rent strikes there. I said it all wrong. For over 80 years, Audley has fought for the rights of all African peoples. She has won many awards for her work. In the 1950s, a group of admiring African students gave her the appropriate title of Queen Mother. Oh, okay. Well, that answers that question. Queen Mother. Now, before we go on any further, I have to say I wish I could have met her in person. I love the fact that she was determined and motivated to not just talk about it, but like do what it took to bring things about that cause a change for us. Because even if it wasn't like what the the to raise money for the the young boys, I felt like that's something that we all could do. You know, it's like something simple. It's not like we had to. Uh, Oh my goodness. It's just, I feel like sometimes we don't do the simple things that we can do, but yet we want to help. And, you know, I admire people who actually go to mile to do it. The same way I admire our men. First one is Mr. Wayne M. Croker. Yo, oh my goodness. I'm so excited about this library, the Petersburg, the former Petersburg Library is going to be the African-American Museum prayerfully. So I read an article today 
that talked about if it get the funding and things like that, um, there's a chance that it could not, but it's looking like it it will, and which I pray it do. I'll be so excited to have an Afri- African American museum. I will hope though. This is my hope. I would like to see something in this African American museum that will tell me what a day in the life of a slave was in that house. I would love to see that. So I looked into the history of the McKinney house and just to share a little bit of it, it says, um, so it was built in 1859 by John Dodson. He was the first mayor of Petersburg directly elected. So throughout the years of this house, um, it's been owned by some prominent people and Robert E. Lee had come there. And this is the house I'm talking about is the former Petersburg Library. It got donated um, to be the library by William McKinney's daughter. Her name was Clara McKinney. She donated the property to the city to be the new public library. But according to the deed, the first floor was for whites and the basement was for colored persons. So you got to know that as they lived in this house, they had slaves. So I want to know if there is any information or I feel like it would be beautiful if they can show me at some point, maybe in the basement quarters of it, what the life was like for the slaves, the ones that worked there. What did they have to do? Did they have living quarters that was attached or close to, you know, the house. Excuse me. I'm not sure if this type of information would be there, but I would love it. Absolutely love it. If it is. So speaking of this sit in, oh, wait, wait, no, no, no. First before Mr. Wayne M. Croker. So the reason why I had to have him as our man for the day, I had to acknowledge the fact that he was major in this project of turning the former library into the museum. And so when I looked up, I read his article about him and it talked about how he worked at the library. Matter of fact, let me read this real quick. He said, I kind of grew up in the library, um, said Croker, who started working there as a library page organizing the shelves in 1973 when he was a junior in high school and went on to become director of library services, a position he's held for more than 40 years. I have a fond attachment to the building, to the history and the role it played in the lives of many people in the city, including me. Um, We're going to go into that part right there. First, I want to stay on Mr. um, Mr. Wayne M. Croker. I just feel like big ups to him. If I see him in person, I'm going to have to shake his hand because we don't have... Now, we do have Pocahontas, which is a, a black museum in Petersburg. Last I checked, it wasn't up and running, which it was, but last I checked, it wasn't. So I feel like it's great. I'm so excited to have a library in Petersburg. So let's see real quick. It's something else I wanted to share. Um, I like this this article because it, it talks a lot about the history of the house now in my opinion when you look at the history of anything in america you is two different histories you got one that was lived as the 
you know, the, the people who live there and then those who worked there. Two totally different days, you know, they, um, they experienced completely different things. And I would like to know the conditions and the expectations and just the duties. Like, what was a day in the life of a slave back then? I want to know. So, um, it was something else about Mr. McKinney. Well, I just, I, I read that he, I can't find it right here, but I read that he was, like I said, very instrumental and big ups to him. Big ups to him. I feel like he's a phenomenal person. He's not the only person that worked on this project, but I feel like he had a really, really big hand in it. And I can see that is for, for me, I just, I feel like for him to have worked into the, you know, into this building um, and this building for so long, I feel like there's a connection there and it's interesting to me. And I would love to know more, but I should interview him one day. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna see if I can get him for an interview. We, I would love to talk to him about this. And so that brings us to our next phenomenal man. I, for multiple reasons, I had to have none other than Mr. Wyatt T. Walker as the other phenomenal man for the day. So, speaking of the library, Mr. Wyatt T. Walker organized a sit-in at the library. And he was, he was amazing. And again, it's beautiful because Black History Month that tells us a lot and we can dive into a lot. So let's see. It was something I wanted to share. February 1960. All right. So on February 27th, now this is the article is saying that on February 1st, 1960, Four North Carolina A&T college students sat down in the Greensboro, North Carolina, Woolworth's white-only lunch counter. After that, um, that was on February 1st. So I, it basically spread about the sit-ins, which brings us down to the sit-in at the Peaceville Library. And it says on February 27th, this movement galvanized around ending segregation in the Peaceburg Public Library. Under the leadership of Reverend Wyatt T. Walker, pastor of Guildfield Baptist Church, approximately 140 African-American students from Peabody and Virginia State College walked in the main entrance and took all the available seats inside. Library access for African-Americans at that time was through a side entrance that led only to the colored branch in the basement. The library was closed for the next four days, and the city council passed a tougher ordinance to deter trespassing and refused to integrate the library. Mr. Wyatt T. Walker. Now, I also want to share this little bit of information too because it involved the Trailways bus station. And again, my papa worked there. I remember going to this bus station, and I would love to have that building. It's so much that I would do with it. So let me share this with you real quick. The following, the follow, oh, I'm sorry, following the library sit-ins, demonstrations took place at the Bluebird and Century Theaters, Spyro's department store, and the Trailways bus station, among other locales. 
The library was closed from July 6th to November 11th. However, by the end of 1960, the protest of African-Americans in Petersburg resulted in the opening of all lunch counters, the public library, and numerous other businesses, I mean, business and other government offices to all Petersburg citizens regardless of cover, color. Dr. Walker provided leadership to many civil rights organizations in Petersburg. Later in 1960, he led the city to serve, he left the city to serve as the chief of staff of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and as the executive director of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. He was arrested 17 times for his actions to bring full civil rights to African Americans. That's my boy. Oh my goodness. I wish I could go back in time. I remember sitting and talking to him when he was when I when I worked at at the retirement community and he would always talk about Martin Luther King and man, it was so much information. And then I went to school for massage therapy and I didn't get to see him as much and then I left. But boy, that I have a good time talking to him. And I'm just amazed that I got to meet him and that I knew him. He was such a great person. I love finding out information about him. He was he was awesome. He loved talking about Gilfield too. But Gilfield Baptist Church, he was big on that. I didn't know some of the information, even though, like, I mean, I grew up in Pittsburgh, and this is how I know that we don't talk enough about the history, because I grew up right here, and there wasn't any information out that was, you know, suggesting that, hey, this is what happened here. Hey, this is the history of here. Now, again, I thank God for Miss Farid, but like, I know that it's a problem that we don't sh- sh- uh, share information like we should. We don't spread it to the younger generations. I feel like these these are things that we should be making sure we're teaching our children. So, not just for Black History Month, but I feel like especially during Black History Month. So, speaking of that, I just want to share a little bit of Petersburg history. Not much. Um, just a little bit. So, I thought this was interesting talking about the Old Town Historic District. So the Old Town Historic District encompasses three distinct areas. The original town laid out as half acre lots along the Appomattox River was originally centered around what was called River, Main, and Old Street throughout its life until changed to Grove Avenue in the early, <clears throat> early in the 20th century. It contains the largest number of 18... 18th century buildings of any neighborhood in the city. Many of Petersburg's famed craftsmen, including wheelwrights, cabinet makers, chair makers, and house painters, built their homes on this street. These early houses have survived in record numbers. The adjoining streets of Cross, Hurt, Canal, and Plum contain a number of one-story framed workers' cottages. So, this is the other thing that I thought was completely interesting. So <clears throat> this part of Petersburg have right many different architectural designs, right? It says over the next 150 years, the other remaining lots were developed with 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 Georgian and Palladian dwellings, federal townhouses, Greek revival mansions, and an array of it Italianate, I don't know, I didn't say that right, and second empire houses. 
A walk along the street is to step into a textbook of colonial antebellum and Victorian agriculture. Now, I know exactly what street I will take you down to see that. I love walking down that street right before you get to Virginia State. It's like you step back in time. I haven't done it in years. I used to walk it a lot when I was growing up. All right. Now, this is the other thing I want to share. Not the whole thing. Let me go down. The broad range of building types in this district, from the modest 18th century houses of Grove Avenue to the mansions of High Street and the federal townhouses and stores of downtown, makes this area one of the most varied and exciting historic neighborhoods in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Does anybody else find that interesting? Anybody else? Because I found that interesting. I think it's beautiful that um, we have so much history here. Oh, also, the city's oldest structure is the young lady's boarding house. I have to look that up because I don't know exactly where it is, but it was this house was, was constructed in 1763 and it's still up. That is, that's amazing. There's so much history here, man. Like I love the history of Petersburg and the fact that we have had so many phenomenal people come through here. I feel like, no, we have. And the thing is, of course, it's every city. Another phenomenal person, of course, which we know was my mother. <laughs> I definitely feel like she was a phenomenal person. She came through here too. And <clears throat> speaking of her, oh boy, that, that baby shower was just beautiful. And I know she would be proud of us. I know it. And that makes me happy. And I'm also grateful about the fact that I thought about her all day today and I was okay. I didn't feel sad or down or even, I don't, I mean, I might've come close to crying, but not, I didn't feel down though. So I'm excited about that. And I feel like that's a good sign. So you guys, I'm going to end it there. Thank you for listening, everyone. I was intending to say that um, on the daggone Facebook page, but thank you all for listening, whoever is listening. Great day, beautiful people.